Hello and welcome to Sobriety Elevated, the podcast that is committed to empowering you in your recovery and elevating your sobriety. Join us now for the next episode. We hope you create an incredible experience. Let's get the show started. And we're back with another exciting episode. Jim and I were just chatting, and I think we have a good topic today, and we're going to talk about family dynamics. I think with the holidays coming up, it's important that we just talk about how dealing with family in recovery or out of recovery or all of those different things, we can talk about that. Family is always interesting, isn't it? That is an understatement. And I think the holidays have it be even harder than it needs to be. Yeah, I think with holidays, you almost feel forced to be around your family and to spend time with them. And I learned some things early on, you know, in my recovery where I really don't feel like I ever want to do anything out of obligation. And I mean, I guess there's probably a time and a place for that and some things that you got to do that you don't want to do in life. I'm not saying that, but like if somebody's not giving me peace, I'm not going to spend a lot of time with them. Thankfully, that's not any of my family. Uh, my family has been pretty supportive, but I know a lot of people out there listening are not dealing with the same situation that I am. Well, I have to tell you, that's most of my family, most of my biological family is we are estranged and I choose not to be a part of the drama they created for almost 10 years. My biological mother would get everybody else together except myself and her sister. They would put together a family photo that they would take at Thanksgiving and send it out as the family. Very passive aggressive. And there was one year, maybe five years ago, that she actually sent one to me and I just put it in an envelope and sent it back because it's like, I don't need that drama. If you're listening out there, you might be like Kevin, whose family is probably for the most part gets along well and they all get together. Or you might be like Jim, who doesn't. So right now, I am with my late father's wife, my stepmom. She is closer to me than my biological mom. And I would literally say, and I actually coach from the perspective is, you keep people around you that feed your soul with love. And if people don't feed your soul with love, it's okay not to hang around them and it's okay not to put up with all the fecal matter. I agree with that. And for me in my life, one big indicator or barometer of if people needed to be in my life or not was how they supported or how they accepted my sobriety. And so many people that are out there maybe didn't seem to to care, which I don't need like a pat on the back or anything, but I, they can't be a hindrance to my recovery. Well, they need to have acceptance for your recovery. Exactly. And so for, for my family and things like that, you know, they all wanted to try to help and, and uh, encourage my recovery and my sobriety. So those are people that I want to spend time with and I want to be around. If people out there, if you're newly sober or you're getting sober, they don't want to support that part of your life or they, they almost make fun of it or they think it's crazy or stupid, or they try to actually 
discourage you from staying sober or discourage you from staying in recovery. It's time to get rid of them. And you use the word try properly. <laughs> Nicely done. <laughs> I have worked on using the word try for sure. Yes. So thankfully yeah. I've eliminated that from my uh, vocabulary for the most part. And you are right. Those people who want to say, oh, come on, Kevin, you're really not an addict. Just have one. That is a threat that you do not need to even have be on your radar this holiday season. And you know who those people are. Yeah. And they're, they don't even get a seat at the table anymore in my life. Because they're doing it because they may see you being successful with your recovery and they don't want that for themselves. They want to say, because they'd have to look in the mirror and say, maybe something's wrong with me. Maybe I drink too much. Maybe I drug too much. Maybe I have an issue that if I can just get this person who is sober and who says they're sober and for some weird reason appears to be happy... I'll just get them to have one. So it's like, see, you really don't have a problem. And if you're out there and you're in recovery, now is the time for you just to be ironclad strong in the courage it takes for you to be clean through the holidays. Yeah. And one would hope that your family is someone that you can share this with and, and explain to them and maybe tell them. And Really, if you haven't been around people in your family since you've been sober or in recovery, this is a great opportunity for you to tell them and talk about it and and be open. It's something that, you know, in the 12-step program, you know, there's there's process of amends and things like that. And I think that sometimes this time can be a good time to really just kind of address the family, talk about the issues and the harm you've done in the past and just how you're going to move forward from it. Yeah. And I think the flip side, it's important to talk about maybe you're a family member listening. We've we've noticed that most of our listeners end up being people either in long term recovery or people who love someone who is needs recovery or is early on in recovery. And the best way that you can support someone in their recovery and in their sobriety is to to be safe. You know, we talked about people that are unsafe, people that are maybe a discouragement to recovery. And that's just to have a safe environment around them where they can be open, they can talk, and also not one that's going to push anything or put different triggers and things out there. And if you're listening to this and your family is like Jim's family, find people that are safe, find a group that will accept you, will accept your sobriety and your recovery, and will support it. And just gather those people, because oftentimes, if you look around a little bit, you will find, and I'm going to say air quotes, these holiday orphans that for some reason may not have a family, or they may not have a place to go, gather them up and celebrate the joy of the season, the joy of your recovery, and the joy of the incredible life that you are creating. Because I promise if you do that, you will strengthen your recovery through this most stressful time. I've seen a lot of people that are newly sober. Obviously, their families have pushed them away, and rightfully so in most cases because of the wreckage and the damage that they've caused. And we really make an effort, Rachel and I, to to invite people and have people be welcome, you know, with us during these these times because they can be lonely and hard. And again, it's a consequence of the 
the addiction. You know, it's a consequence of the actions that we took because of the addiction. And we have to realize that. And the, the best part about it, though, is the recovery community can really come together and be there for people. And I understand if you're out there and you're like, there's no way my loved one, you know, is going to be at this Christmas or this thanks, whatever, you know, whatever the holiday ends up being that we're talking about, whatever event it is that we're talking about. I understand that. And, and you're going to have to give them time to prove themselves, you know, and to earn that trust back before they're welcome back in there. But just be open to hearing them out and talking to them. And, you know, there's ways to love your family member without necessarily opening uh, your home to them. There's that as well. So, Kevin, let's say that one of our listeners is struggling out there. You know, and, and, and one of the things I still we're coming up on Kevin's 1,000th day sober. Let's say that they're struggling. Top three things that I'll do. I'll Maybe I'll come up with the first one. You come up with the second one. Let's just see. Like the first thing you should do is reach out to someone that you know is strong, is either a strong supporter of you or someone that is strong in their recovery and just be vulnerable with them so that you can be heard. I think that's number one for sure. And that's always, no matter how long you've been sober, no matter how short you've been sober, really anything in life, that's like the vulnerability with another human being will give you some peace and some freedom. Another thing that I, number two will say, or something is, is something self-care related, you know, do something for yourself, whether that's uh, physical activity. For me, it's working out. Maybe it's reading a book, maybe it's taking a deep breath, maybe it's doing some level of meditation, something uh, to clear your mind and to give yourself a little bit more peace. And I'm going to kind of add on to that with 2.1 and say, be in action with something. Because when your mind gets in a funky space and you sit, one of the things about the human condition is that the mind will literally sit there and it will spin you out. And if you can do something where you are in action, it will assist you to move past those low vibration thoughts, literally, and create empowerment such that you can find joy, you can find peace, and you can find serenity. Maybe just through this afternoon or the next four hours or the next five hours. And the next thing is get some things planned. If you're listening to this and you know that you have nothing planned for the next four or five days, call some people up and get some things planned so you literally have something to live into. Now, we're also coming up on New Year's Eve. And if this is your first year in recovery, that has got to be one of the biggest triggers because of the celebration that is typically done on that night. Right now might be the time to start gathering people and say, hey, what if we do a sober New Year's Eve? Let's do the party at whomever's place. Get that set up. Get strong people there. Figure out something to keep you strong and to create a future that you can live into that'll keep you empowered. Plans are very important. And I've talked about this lots of times, but I'll reiterate it. I always have a plan, you know, whenever I'm going places, whatever I'm doing, I like to, for one, 
one of the worst things for an addict early on in recovery is boredom. And, you know, they say idle mind is the devil's playground or whatever it is. Um, I always mess up those little sayings, but <laughs> but, but you say them in such a cool way. <laughs> yeah. So it makes it sound like I know what I'm talking about. That's kind of my entire life. But, but you the, do know what you're talking about. Before you start saying it, you are very wise in what you're talking about. You may not have the quotes exactly, but if you're listening to this, this is a man who actually knows. You have a plan. You want to stay. You do want to stay busy. I mean, not overly busy, obviously, but you want to have things to do. You want to have things to look forward to, like you said, Jim. But once you have the plans, like for me, I know um, I've said this before, but I go to a 12 step meeting on every single major holiday, whether that's through uh, now with the the pandemic. Zoom has been a few times, but it's mostly been in person. New Year's Eve, New Year's Day, Christmas Day. It's just something that I do. And I do it at the beginning was to keep me sober. Now it's to just help other people that that need things. But if you're going to a family event, if you're going to all of these things, having a plan is extremely important. And we've said this so many times, whether it's an exit strategy, you know, I always have an exit strategy. I know I like to drive myself so that I can leave. And again, I have no desire to drink. Um, I can pretty much go anywhere, do anything I want now because of the program that I work. And so it's not like a fear based thing that I'm why I'm doing this, but I just always just having a plan, having a plan of what I'm going to drink, having a plan of, of what I'm going to say. If people ask me why I'm not drinking, whatever it is, have a plan. And it's just about being proactive. You know, they say uh, failing to plan is like planning to fail. I do know that's the right quote because I use that all the time. But having a plan and making sure that you have a plan that's set up for success is going to ultimately bring you much more success than just winging it. Mm -hmm. And so this holiday season, whether it's with your family or it's with with anybody or anything, just just have a plan, you know, a plan of success. And be proactive in what you're going to do. And I, I think what you'll see is you'll see that you'll be more successful and you'll be prepared for things that come along that are maybe a challenge. Yeah. And you're also going to find by doing these things, you're going to get stronger. Because at the end of the day, the goal is to have you be strong in your recovery. And if you're listening to this and you're supporting somebody, your goal might be creating the space that that person feels so comfortable in their skin this holiday season. And I promise it's going to have both of you be closer. And I don't care if this is just a friend, if this is a partner, if this is somebody you're supporting, maybe a family member. The world needs people to be a little bit closer because the last year and a half have really tested the mental health of so many people. And we have lost so many people through drug overdose, through suicide, through things that if maybe reaching out, you can make the difference for somebody. And that brings up another one. Reach out. What if you reach out to people you haven't talked to in a while? You know, I'm in the Midwest right now, and as long as I'm here, I'm going to be spending time with somebody that I haven't seen in 38 years. And I'm going to come back up in the holidays, and I'm going to spend more time with people I haven't seen in like 38 years. And it's it feels so good. And I tell you, 
you know, I'm driving down so that I can spend some time with Kevin. And then I'm driving halfway across Missouri to spend an evening with an old friend. And then in a few days, I'm driving a few hours north to spend more time with some people I haven't seen. It's warming my heart to actually see these people that I haven't seen in so long. If you're listening to this, who could you reach out to? Who could you say, who could you surprise with the call? I got a call week and a half ago from somebody that I haven't talked in over 20 years. We had a two-hour conversation, and it is just beautiful. It just fills my heart with love. The best part about this is I can't help but think about how these are like the promises of recovery, because a lot of people that I haven't talked to in a long time probably wouldn't think that they'd want to talk to me right now. You know what I'm saying? They don't know that I'm I'm in recovery, that I got sober, that my life has changed. And it's just cool to watch these relationships and these friendships be mended because of the fact that my life is different now, because I am, I'm a new man, that I'm a different person than I was than when they dealt with me. And so I love the fact that as I've gotten a little bit more sobriety time, like you said, in a few days here, we're getting uh, coming on to a thousand days sober, which is absolutely incredible and amazing. And I'm thankful for that. But it's all of the gifts that this has given me. And that's the fact that I can reach out to people I haven't talked to in a while. And people aren't like ashamed of wanting to talk to me or spend time with me. And just like you, like if we were still active in addiction and you reached out to somebody, they wouldn't even answer the phone. And that's the best part about this is how we get to watch our lives get better and better and better. And I say this a lot, but you never have, if you're listening to this, you never have to drink again. You never have to use again. There's a solution out there. We'd love for you to find it. We'd love for you to reach out to someone and talk to them and just watch how much better your life can get. With all of that being said, Jim, I think I will close us out. We thank all of you. Yes. Thank you, everybody. Thank you for listening. We ask that you please like and share this. Tell your friends about it. You know, maybe this Christmas, whenever you're talking to your family, you can let them know that they're, you found a podcast that's helping you. And uh, we hope that that's the goal of this is that it's helping you. Uh, don't lie to them if it's not, but hopefully it is. And you can uh, let them know so that they can listen to and maybe they can get some growth out of this and maybe understand sobriety and recovery a little bit more. Thank you all very much. And we will talk to you guys soon create an incredible day and happy holidays, everybody. Thank you.